1: Welcome to the Cane's Corner Podcast
0: with your host, Adam Gold. The Cane's Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. And now, here's Adam. Welcome to the Cane's Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. This is going to be a quick one. Trip Tracy is the interview, if you will, and it's our first conversation with Trip since... Well, way back in March, right? What happened in New York City. So we'll get into that with Tripp. And I'm interested uh, for you to hear what he had to say. You might have already dug in with Tripp on his own podcast, but it's not real long. It's only about 20 minutes with Tripp. But uh, we'll get into what happened, how he's recovering. And then we'll talk briefly about the team, which is what I'm going to do here in the first part of this podcast. Additionally... Uh, I also want you to know that the 25th anniversary Canes Corner podcast, we are now four episodes in. The fourth episode will drop on Wednesday. And if you haven't checked out the other three, that's okay. Uh, this one is more just goofiness and uh, story time with the uh, the night that the Hurricanes nearly killed their mascot. Uh, yes, that did happen. For those people who don't know the story, Stormy, at the unveiling of Stormy, nearly died. So, uh, nothing, nobody really got hurt, but it's a story worth telling and it's a story worth listening to. So, if you follow the Cans Corner podcast, it'll show up in your feed otherwise. But, if you are not a follower of this podcast and you stumbled upon it by accident, uh, the 25th anniversary Cans Corner podcast is available and you should check it out because it's fun, and uh, we worked hard on it. Anyway, quick reminder, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Sammy Hannah and his crew do an amazing job. If you want to make your home more beautiful and more energy efficient, these are the people to call. AluminumCompany.com. Great spot, great people, great products, great customer service. Incredible customer service, actually. Best thing they do is customer service. Anybody can improve your home, but nobody does it like the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. So check them out online, aluminumcompany.com. So a couple of quick thoughts about the Hurricanes, and then we'll get to Trip Tracy. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here at all because we get into some of this with Trip. And once we start getting into preseason games, which, by the way, start Tuesday the 25th. Today's the 26th, right? Uh, Tuesday, the 25th, 27th, I don't know what day, any day is Tuesday, the 27th. That's a, that's easy enough to uh, figure out. Um, once we uh, get into preseason games, we'll have a much better idea for what the team is going to look like. And the hurricanes will play six times in nine days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, done. Yes. Rapid fire. All right. And by the way, all the games will be streamed. I think all the games will be on the radio as well. And uh, as I've said before, I'm doing Stormwatch and Aftermath as well as the morning after podcast all year. Although we will not do morning after podcast after each preseason game, we're not nuts. All right, here we go. Real quick Rod Brindamore has a lot of forwards at his disposal, a ton of forwards at his disposal. Uh, and this is without Max Pacioretty, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. So I just sort of roughly wrote down what I believe will be the lines, or these are good representation of what the lines could be. And I think up top you'll have Tevo Teravainen on the left. I know he'd prefer to play the right side, but Carolina doesn't have that much room for right-shot players or right right wings. So Taravina will play the left side, Ajo in the middle, Seth Jarvis on the right. There's not a lot of weight in that group, so you could see some mixing and matching there, but that's where I think we'll start. Andrei Svechnikov, Jesperi Kotkanami, Martin Natchez, that's three big bodies. Yes, you could see Svech up with Ajo and Taravina drop down to that, uh, to that group very easily to create a little bit more physicality with Aho, but Svech, Kokiniemi, and Natchez, this is going to be a big se- a really big season, if you think about it, for all three of those guys. Svechnikov needs to be the Svechnikov that played in the first half of the year, not the Svechnikov whose scoring production dropped in the second half and almost went away in the postseason. Kokiniemi is stepping into a completely different role as a second line center. So, um He is—what that an an enormous, enormous opportunity it is for him. And then you get Natchez, who is simply trying to reestablish that he is a big-time, goal-scoring, productive, offensive player, while also continuing to progress on the other side of the puck. And I actually think Marty is a pretty good penalty killer. Uh, has potential to be great because he is such a good skater and such a smart player. So we'll see how he develops. But two-year deal, not quite the money he wanted, but this is how he will reestablish himself. And I wonder, just like Svechnikov struggled a little bit in a contract year, if that also impacted Natchez, because we understand this. Goal scorers, offensive producers, get paid. Uh, third line, and I apologize to Rod Brindamore if he's listening to this. I don't really mean to call it a third line. We know how important Jordan Stahl is. Stahl flanked by Jesper Faust and maybe Jordan Martinuk on the left side. I mean, theoretically, it could be anybody. could be Paul Stasny on the left side. It uh, could be Jack Drury on the left side. Uh all depends on how it uh, how it shakes out in the preseason. Last year, Nino Niederreiter played in that spot, and Nino... Uh, provided some offensive punch to that line. I know Rod would like to play Jordan 16 to 18 minutes a game, and if you're going to do that, you probably need a scoring punch. I don't think Hook um, is that. And then the fourth line, we'll just put Stasny in the middle. Uh, we'll put Andre Kasha on the right side and Jack Drury on the left, although I think Drury is going to find himself playing center a ton because he should. Uh, but there are a lot of other options. You got Stefan Nason, you got Ryan De in camp, who I believe is probably headed to sh- to Chicago. but here's a kid who three years in a row scored tw- uh, twenty five or more goals. So he can score in this league. He has to get back to being a total player. You're not just gonna score by cheating for offense, certainly not for this head coach. Uh, and you've also got Derek Stepon here on a personal on a professional tryout. Contract. Uh, Lane Peterson is all, was also part of the Brent Burns trade. There's a lot of forward options for this team, and I guess there are some prospects here, but I think the only one that would have an outside chance other than Jack Drury of making the team is probably Jamison Reese. But I think every other rookie, if you will, every other young player, prospect is a long shot among the forward groups. On the back end, man. Slavin and Brent Burns could be dreamy good for 82 games. Dreamy good. Hopefully both will stay healthy. Burns hasn't missed a game in eight years. Slavin is normally very reliable. So I have to assume that those guys will go into the season healthy and play the majority of the games together. But what an absolute horse pair at the top of your defensive group. Uh, Shea and Pesci would be next. Love to see Brett Pesci have a completely injury-free season. Uh, the nicks and bumps and bruises and all those kinds of things have gotten Pesci's way a little bit. I'd also like to see him take another step forward offensively. We could see it coming. Uh, and Calvin Dehan is back. He's here on a professional tryout just like Derek Stepon. Um, and with the Jake Gardner news, and we'll get to that in a second, uh, De- DeHaan has an opportunity to win a spot on this team. Of course, they have to sign him, but he has an opportunity to win a spot on this team. Ethan Baer, Jalen Chatfield, Dylan Coughlin. There's a lot of options for that third-pair right defenseman. Right now, it would have to be, I'm guessing, Ethan Bear's spot to lose. But you never know. You never know. The goaltenders are the same as we had last year. You've got uh, Freddie Anderson, Antti Ranta, and Pyotr Kachekov, who is uh, in... Probably, I think, in best-case scenario for the Hurricanes, the two others stay healthy, which they won't, but uh, Kachetkov gets an entire season being the man for the Chicago Wolves. Uh, real quick, I mentioned Max ready. Right now, I can tell you this. He will be the best deadline acquisition the Hurricanes could ever make. He is not expected back till late February, probably, maybe even early March around the trade deadline, and boom, there you go. Slap him on the lineup, on the ice, in the lineup. My guess is that, and I talked to Rod Brendamore about this a couple of weeks ago, he was probably angling for already to play with Ajo and Jarvis. That would be very nice. Max is a bigger body, um, which would kind of shuffle everything around, but we don't have to worry about that now. Um, so hopefully he'll come back healthy. And, I mean, he has a history of injury, but if he comes back healthy and can give you two months of the regular season and then playoffs, man, that could be an absolutely awesome addition to the team in late February, early March, the Jake Gardner thing. And these, sort, these two things are sort of tied together. Gardner, who apparently uh, suffered another back injury during training, and is more than likely going to go on long-term injured reserve, which would free up his $4.05 uh, million in salary for this year, and that would help Carolina get under the salary cap. They still might have to do a couple of things if when they sign Stepan and DeHaan to contract. I don't know what those contracts are going to look like, uh, but let's just say combined it's $2.5 They They'll have to make a couple of player moves, nothing drastic to get under the salary cap because right now, without Gardner, they've got about two million dollars a room roughly so we'll see how that plays out, but I do think that there's room for Carolina to do that patchy ready his salary of seven plus that fits that fits as is, so they won't have to jump through hoops like. Vegas tried to do when Vegas tried to add uh, Jack Eichel to the mix in the middle of the season. So Carolina's salary structure right now is built to handle Max Pacioretty not going on long-term injured reserve. Now, if they ultimately have to do that, they can still bring him back at this point without, um, without suffering, without having to jettison players. But I don't think they're planning on doing that. I don't think they're planning on long-term injured reserve for Max Pacioretty. So, with that said, I've babbled enough. Trip Tracy, in a minute. Adam Gold in studio with Sammy Hanna, owner and operator of the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Thanks for coming over. You brought a friend with you.
1: I did, Adam. I brought Jeff Monsign here with me today. It's great to have Jeff continue to be a part of the Aluminum Company. Obviously took over the company from his father in 1984, and me and him had a great time growing the company through all those years, and now we're going to continue the legacy of the Aluminum Company with myself, Ryan, all the salesmen that have continued on with the company, Dallas Fruill, Danny Newman, Patrick Day, John Alexander, Jeff Hoffman, and my children are now starting with the company oh my gosh so we've got a new generation kicking off with the aluminum company to continue on the legacy so you, sammy get in here jeff uh, can i say something please i'm gonna elbow him out of the way if you're thinking about exterior home improvements give the aluminum company a call sammy has done an unbelievable fantastic job it makes me proud that i was able to exit the company and somebody was able to take it over to keep up the high standards that i started so i'm very proud of sammy as well you guys are amazing customer service is the best thing you guys do
0: 800-672-4348 aluminum Company dot com. The one and only Trip Tracy. Uh, first of all, I want to start this. Want, uh, it's going to be a little serious at the beginning, and then we're going to get into the team. And I'm not going to keep you forever. Let me ask you, how are you,
1: Adam? Great to hear your voice. Um, I, I'm doing great. Um, it, it's it's been it's been several great months. Um, you know, I, I did a podcast last week because for three reasons, I, I wanted to be very honest about what happened. I wanted to be express my gratitude for the extraordinary support that I've received. And then thirdly, I wanted to put it behind me because I'm driving to rally uh, next Tuesday so I can focus on the job that it's, a huge privilege that I still have the opportunity to come back and do. Um, and it's, I, I fought alcoholism for, you don't stop fighting it, but it, it, it's a day at a time gig, but I've fought it for many years. And I, you know, I was never the kind of guy that drank every day. That's something that made me think that I was an alcoholic, that I could go weeks and months without it. But for whatever reason, when I started off, I went. And I spoke very honestly about that in my recent podcast and, you know it's it's foreign to me that this is this disease that i have that it's the only thing i can think of in life that you actually have to surrender and accept that you have it to win mm-hmm. and you know that's what happened in in new york city and i needed i needed a very significant consequence like that to surrender to fully accept that you know this is my cross to bear in life i'm an i'm an alcoholic and And once you do that, once you have that acceptance and and you have to take the necessary steps each and every day uh, and put it into action and be teachable, there really is a very simple solution if you're willing to do the work. And so I focus solely on that for the, you know, I haven't had a drink since April 26th in New York City in that hotel room. And, um, I've done the work and you know, I'm going to come back to Raleigh and do the work. I, I had long-term sobriety before, so I know that uh, Raleigh is a fabulous place for recovery. And uh, I'm just unbelievably grateful to the support right from the get-go that I received from you know, the Canes, Valley sports, you know, Donnie Waddell. Uh, you, you, I've never hid from the fact that Rod Brindamore is my closest uh, friend in the Hurricanes organization. Uh, so it's, it's been, a, it's been a fantastic four months. The huge benefit gift, with a capital G, uh, is that I've gotten to spend it with my, with my mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will never get back. I canceled all my summer plans. And, and that's where I'm at now. Uh, just thoroughly pumped to get back to Raleigh, stay on this uh, path, uh, and, and get to call hockey games. Because I truly, after New York City, Adam, we've been friends for a long time. I was prepared for any outcome, and it was not going to change the outcome, uh, you know, what my path was going to be. And that's that's what I have a disease. And I have a responsibility into action on a daily basis to uh, stay away from that first drink. And if I'm willing to do the work uh, that I've built this foundation brick by brick, and I'll continue to do, uh, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful journey. And I am very grateful that I was given such a, a, you know, Evander Holyfield was in the booth a couple of years ago before his surge, and I got an Evander Holyfield punch uh, of full acceptance that I am this, and that gave me the the necessary surrender.
0: Uh, just really one follow-up here, uh, and it's – was it hard to watch the playoffs, the end of the <laughs> season, and then the playoffs? Did you have to stay away from it? I mean, how did you – I mean, a lot of us are used to you being there all the time. So what was that like?
1: That's a great question. I, I did watch, of course, because, you know, I, I, I wanted to see the team succeed and win so badly. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, again, our, our, our dear friend Rod has always said that, you know, if you throw the ball over the fence, you've got to go get it. And, you know, so I, it was, it was hard initially. And, you know, I got a, I got an unbelievable message. It had to be game one or game two against the Boston Bruins. And Wayne Gretzky sent me a message and said, you know, how are you doing? And it was, I think, during the first period of either game one or game two against the Bruins. And it was a text. And I said, you know, it's hard to watch these games. And he said to me, he said, Trip the game's not going anywhere. He said, you know, your family, your friends, they care about your health. The game will still be there for you when you're ready to return. And that was a very powerful message from, uh, you know, a great message from the great one. Uh, And that really made an impact on me as I was watching one of the Canes games. Uh, very nerve-wracking to watch um, because, I mean, obviously the the Bruins series won seven. I felt good about uh, the Rangers series, uh, certainly after the first two games at home. And then I, I started to get nervous, to be completely blunt, because I thought the Hurricanes played very good hockey in game three, in particular at Madison Square Garden. Had a chance to make it a short series because now I'm already thinking about you know, to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're going to need a short series and a return of Freddie Anderson. And I, I personally felt that's where that, that series against the Rangers really shifted because the Hurricanes, in particular, in Game Three, I thought were the better team and had a chance to, uh, to have a three nothing edge in that series and all likelihood win it in four or max five. And so that's for me when it turned. Um, but getting back to your original question, um, it was hard. Um, but you throw the ball over the fence. You got to go get it. There should be a consequence because of my poor decision making. Uh, but it certainly didn't keep me away, uh, albeit difficult to, to watch, uh, from you know pulling for uh, the guys and the canes to the nth degree.
0: And this is how we dig in, and we go to digintrip dot com uh, and check out the podcast because uh, Wayne Gretzky texts. Trip Tracy. All right, let me ask you a couple of things about the team. Uh, so we'll turn this back to uh, to hockey. Um, look, we all liked, really did like, Tony D'Angelo. Um, I mean, I still, I still text with him uh, on a semi-regular basis. We text about baseball, but I still text with Tony D. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent Burns is a different animal, though, altogether. So with Burns in theoretically D'Angelo's spot playing next to Jacob Slavin. How does that change Carolina?
1: Well, first of all, I I, I agree with your sentiments. I never hid from the fact that uh, I, I'm a big Tony D'Angelo fan and I think he's scratching the surface of what he can potentially become. The motion got the best of him a little bit in that uh, second round series against the yeah. Rangers. But even with all of that, I... I I don't know how you can argue, for me, the reality that it's an upgrade on the right side for now uh, because uh, Brett Burns, yeah, he's in his late 30s, but he's a spectacularly conditioned athlete, um, and, you know, he's a bigger guy. Uh, the, the getting pucks through quickly, I mean, he was really the pioneer from the offensive blue line got that big shot that Tony really didn't necessarily have, gives you more size on the back end. I mean, you look at Burns and Slavin and then Pesci and Shea, and now you're going to have to find a guy uh, with these righties really looking for the third pair and and the extra defense and who's going to be able to play their offside. Um, But when I look at Burns, I know the very unfortunate uh, injury, very similar to Justin Williams many moons ago. Uh, that you you know you're you're not going to have Max Patch ready for the first several months. Uh, you don't have a lot of pure finish, however you define natural goal scorers up front. Max certainly would have been and will be counted on for that. But Paul Stastny, um, Seth Jarvis, uh, you know, in taking a next step this year because I think he might be actually the the mm-hmm. most naturally gifted finisher on the team. Um, but I don't know how when I look at the team on paper, the game's not played on paper. But how you can't conclude that Don Waddell, very creatively, not fool's gold and free agency, but uh, being aggressive, as he's always been in the trade market, tough to see some guys go. But, Adam, I think the Hurricanes have improved themselves on paper. And Burns is a massive part of that, where age truly is just a number. He's never won, uh, which I think is another asterisk mm-hmm. that is a big-time positive. You know, and so I think that you look at Carolina's top four, I mean, they're either the model in the league or the teams that feel that they have the equivalent. They certainly aren't any better than Carolina with their top four. Uh, and then you get up front and you have a ton of forwards competing for spots. And, you know, let's not kid ourselves. This, this, So much of this will hinder uh, – hinder isn't the right word – will hinge upon uh, a projected uh you know, crystal ball of what Jesperi Kokaniemi can become.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any question about uh, about that. It's funny. Um, when I first, when we first got into the offseason, my feeling, and I, and I feel the same way, and I get the sense that you do as well, offensively, although Brent Burns, I think will make their offense really good uh, regardless, but I, offensively, I've always said that their improvement would have to come from within, that no matter what they brought in, and Max Pacioretty went healthy and he'll return in sometime February, maybe uh, early March, that that he'll be able to help their offense. But ultimately, if the Hurricanes want to win a Stanley Cup and take the next step offensively late in the season into the playoffs, that improvement's going to have to come from the existing group. It's going to have to yeah. come from Andrei Svechnikov, who, apart from a two-goal game in a loss against Boston, really didn't do much in the postseason. Sebastian Ajo was good, but not great. Tavo Taravainen, maybe he was arguably their most productive offensive player in terms of performing at or maybe even above his level. Jarvis was good, but really, if you looked at it, didn't score a ton, but I agree with you about Seth overall. There's so many guys who have been here and who are part of the uh-huh. core that need to take another step, including Martine Natchez, who you didn't mention, but we can talk about it, that if Carolina can get better among that group, then I think that they're in pretty good shape.
1: Individually and and then collectively, first of all, you're dead right. And getting back to your original serious question, you know, I I don't hide from the fact that I go to meetings in a 12-step program each and every morning, and I'll continue to do so. And people are all sitting in there fighting the same challenges, and that's the power of identification that, you know, we fight this disease together. This group that has had to learn these extremely tough, tough lessons and these long summers, the core intact that's going to have to take the next step, that's that power of identification. They all know individually and collectively what it's felt like, to lose on home ice in a game seven in New York, to, to get eliminated by Tampa, to get eliminated twice by Boston before, of course, you beat Boston in seven. And you hope that that bond, that bond of identification, of, of feeling, being able to reach out and touch that pain, will propel them to be better for it. And I believe it will. For Sebastian Ajo, looking these last couple of uh, playoff seasons at him, He's a slight guy for a number one superstar center. You know, with all the depth this year, does does, does Ajo maybe taper off how much he plays throughout the regular season, and does that allow him to be fresher, to be a difference maker Mm -hmm. in the playoffs? Uh, For Andre Svechnikov, watching again from home, your previous question, that thunderous clean hit on Hampus Lindholm, I personally think, and I haven't spoken to Andre about it, but I personally think he felt badly. Yeah. You can't feel badly. You know, the, the guys that win, okay, now Tampa got beat, but they won two consecutive cups. They had a bunch of guys that were willing to go through anybody that stood in their way. And so my hope for Andre is that, you know, if something like that happens again, you can't feel badly aside from the fact that it was as clean Mm -hmm. of a terrific hit as you'll ever see, I think he sagged because he's, you know, he's this charismatic person and had trouble relocating his game. Uh, And so I think that that personally for me is to develop that championship mindset. You're standing between me and what I want to accomplish, and I'm going to be willing to do whatever it takes to be the guy, uh, the last guy standing. For Jarvis, it's just, uh, you know, getting away from any type of complacency uh, that happens to young players after they have so much, you know, immediate and deserved success. For Marty Natchez, is the pressure off now um, You know, from the standpoint that, you know, things really couldn't have gone much worse <laughs> for him last year. and And, and, and now he's got to look at himself and he's got to dig in. He's got to play. He's got to have just enough buy-in. To be trusted by the coaches, it'll be terrific if he can have early success because hopefully that uh, can really uh, spiral in a very positive way for him. Usually we look at guys that I think uh, really are reliant upon having a good start because then it seems to really um, create Mm -hmm. excellent personal momentum. I think Nino Niederreiter was a great example the beginning of the last two regular seasons that he scored the first goal or the first couple of goals and yeah. the first game. And so when I look at game one against the Columbus blue jackets, a guy like nature is getting off to a good start is one of the guys that I think n- n- needs it, especially so. And he's, and I'm hoping that he's going to have a mindset based on the learning experience that last year was that if he has the buy-in, of being trusted by Rod and Jeff Daniels running the forwards and just commits to that, everything will take care of itself, in particular if he has early offensive success.
0: Yeah, and he uh he's good, probably gonna get an opportunity to jump back into the top six with Max Paci already out. Um and they'll probably slip Tavo over to the left side. You think Jarvis is gonna play one right, you know, you know, he's gonna be in the top six on the right side for the whether it's the top line or the second line. Mm-hmm. And my guess is Natchez will uh, be another guy uh, who has that opportunity. I hope he takes advantage of it because we know what the talent is. And we just go back a couple of years where he had 30-plus points. uh, And at one point was like 32 points in 37 uh, games during the uh, pandemic season. So he had a great – he had more than 40 points, actually. He had a really good year. uh, And we thought that that was the – he had turned the corner and now – we were going to see the real Martin Natchez, and we took a pretty big step back uh, a year ago. Let me ask you one more question. I told you I would keep it brief, uh, and then we will talk again when you get to town next week. Your guy. Uh, I am a fan of Mr. Drury. So with so many options now in the middle, Paul Stasny's a center. Derek Stepan is here on a PTO. Uh, I fully expect him to be on the opening night roster. He might be a healthy scratch, but I fully expect him to be here. Um, There are a lot of options. Nate just wants to be a center. What's going to happen
1: to number 72? Well, Jack Drury's mindset has to be that I'm going to come in after a year that perhaps he didn't necessarily want but was an unbelievably productive year in his young professional career mm-hmm. that he was able to develop in the American hockey league, not just win a Calder cup, but be a huge part of it. Obviously full carpe diem in his two games uh, against the Detroit yep. red wings and LA Kings. And he couldn't have made a better impression, but you know, I, I, I don't want to speak for Rod, but you know, Rod, who is a Jack Drury fan,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, how difficult, how difficult, Can Jack, with his preparation in coming into training camp and then how he performs in the preseason, which is not a preseason to him, how difficult can he make the decision? Can he make the decision so difficult that you have to make room for him? And that's the way really it should be with a Stanley Cup contending team. And so for for him, it is, I'm going to come in with all my self-belief and I'm going to make this decision unbelievably difficult at the end of the day, you know, with all of the forwards and you have a, you know, you have guys that could end up in the American hockey league, but you know, you think about the McEachrens or Ryan Dezingles, but are NHL players, mm-hmm. um, you know, just make the, make the decision, Derek, Stepan in the mix. You and I love the way that Stepan yep. played last year, make the decision as hard as possible. And then if it ever got to the point, you know, where because Jack, Jack Drury doesn't require waivers that he ended up going down. If he's made the decision difficult, he he won't be down for long. So he, he can only control what he can control. And that's to make the decision as unbelievably difficult. And I can guarantee you that, that uh, the coaching staff and management wants, and they're hoping for exactly that. The one other thing, AG, I just wanted to quickly piggyback on your previous question, because I can't just step aside and not address Tavo and year last year. I mean, you're right about what he did in the playoffs, but I want to see some real urgency from Tavo right from the get go. I mean, we've had a ton of mm-hmm. fun about, you know, Tavo's, uh, uh, you know, nothing gets to Tavo, <laughs> yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But he's, he's a core member yeah. of a team that is trying to take the next step and the steps that are most difficult to take. So I'm really looking for Tavo to still have that loosey-goosey greatness and brilliance that he does, but to have the urgency uh, that is just brilliant to watch when he does have it with consistency this year. I just wanted to quickly touch upon that because I failed to do so in the previous question.
0: All right, we're going to go. I am Adam Gold. I thank you very much for spending some time with us in the Canes Quarter Podcast. You can give us a rating if you like. You can review us if you like. You can just show up and enjoy it whenever you like because it's always here for you. Remember, uh, we've got six preseason games in a nine-day span starting Tuesday. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. That's it. Is it Tuesday or Monday, Wednesday? I don't know. It's, it's six and nine days. It's a lot. It's a lot. And that's okay. Uh, so we will see you then. Uh, Stormwatch, aftermath, before and after each Hurricanes preseason game. And no morning after podcast, although there will be podcast, We'll probably wait every few games before we do one of those uh, as we sort of settle in to the season. And then we have a gap until the 12th. When the hurricanes host Columbus. All right. We will see everybody down the road. And a reminder that the 25th Anniversary Podcast, Episode 4, drops Wednesday. This is all about how they nearly gassed Stormy and the Whalers' uniforms, the return of those, which are awfully, awfully sweet. And they'll wear them again this year. We thank our friends at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy and his crew do a great job. I saw Sammy the other day. Business is good. I apologize if you didn't like the Doors jokes on uh, on the radio. But, hey, look, I'm a Doors fan. So uh, with all of that said, if you need any work on the exterior of your home to make it more beautiful and energy efficient, AluminumCompany.com. See you next time on the Canes Corner Podcast. Mm. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Yes, I do. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early